People of the internet, we're back, baby. Season two, pie to pie. Always a special one. I got to sit down with Kyle of Doe Daddy. And man, it was a great conversation. I loved this conversation so much because we got into a little bit of mental health, which is something that I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs don't spend enough time thinking about or somebody wanting to get in to like the restaurant industry of like what a toll, the hours and the upkeep and, and everything that comes, the stress, everything that comes along with it. It was really a candid conversation about, you know, the highs and lows of Doe Daddy. You know, Kyle started in the pandemic, cooking out of his apartment, delivering these bad boys in a wagon into inconspicuous parking lots because he didn't want people to know who the real Doe Daddy was. But Kyle since moved on, still cooking out of his kitchen. I love the business models. This is, this is a great story. Kyle's story is amazing. I learned a lot. I had a great conversation. It was definitely on the longer end because we had a lot to say. Kyle, you're the man, dude. Thank you for sitting down with me. Thank you for inviting me into your home, your kitchen, your bar. Uh, I had a great time talking. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I had having it. Ladies and gentlemen, Doe Daddy L.A. Enjoy. Love you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with the Doe Daddy himself. <laughs> Kyle, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Alex? I am great. I usually start these off with a gift. So I brought you some Fernet. Oh, thank you very much. You do craft cocktails. You, you delivered them. Sometimes you're not delivering them. DoorDash <laughs> may be delivering them. Uh, but that was like, you've had Fernet, right? Of course. Yeah. Got so, a bottle right over there. Yeah. See, I was looking for it. And uh, I just but you know like, what? I think it's almost empty. So like you could not have given me a better gift. Good. You knew. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, a lot of bartenders will take shots of this because it's low sure. ABV. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of an insider thing. It not is. A lot of, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. And I knew you'd know. So hope you hope you yeah. drink that whole bottle in one sitting. <laughs> Today. Yeah. Let's do it right it, now. Yeah. Let's open Every it up. question. We'll I do didn't a brush shot. my teeth this morning, so this will do. It'll work. Yes. Uh, okay. So pie to pie. 15 questions, about a minute to answer each one. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right. What attracted you to pizza and and who ultimately taught you how to do it? I think, God, maybe Home Alone, to be honest. Like when I think about it, if I'm like thinking of like early childhood memories of like my love of pizza, there's something about Home Alone that I just, I just, I don't know. It, it just, the pizza doesn't even look that good, but it looks that good. Mm-hmm. Um who taught me to do it. I mean, honestly, I I wasn't taught because I kind of got into this a little bit by accident. So I guess the internet taught me how to make pizza. Okay. Yeah, no, good answer. Yeah, I, I love the internet. That's how I learned how to make pizza. So you started off during the pandemic, 2020. And tell me why, why Detroit style? Um, very simply because there was little to none of it in Los Angeles at the time. Um, I fell in love with it at Tony's Pizza Napolitana in San Francisco years and years ago. I traveled there. I was always a thin crust guy. The server was like, you got to try Detroit style. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't really like thick crust, blah, blah, blah. And I ate it. And I was like, why have I not been eating this my entire life? Yeah. And um, 
yeah, every time I traveled, I would like seek it out, see if anywhere had it. And in LA, I was just like, I don't think anyone was doing it full time at that point. And so I was like, you know, why don't I make this originally going to be for my friends? Um, but then a pandemic hit and everything changed. Got it. So going into it, you didn't know much about Detroit style, right? Um, just when I start, when I started to make it, yeah, yeah no, I, I knew what it tasted like. I knew it was delicious, but that's like kind of it. So how did, so the internet, so did you just type in to Google Detroit style pizza? Like, how did you know to go buy Lloyd pans? And, oh yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. I think it was like a serious eats article was like the first one that I read about it that had a lot of the information of like what pans to get, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, that's kind of was like the, the birth of it. Okay. Yeah. And so I also have read that like you use Wisconsin brick cheese. Yes. How the fuck do you get Wisconsin brick cheese? <laughs> you're like, well, it's like, I know you're running a vegan pizza place, so you're not asking for yourself or maybe you are. I don't know. Um, no, I, I, so I was getting it shipped in for like months and months when I started, which was, as you remember with logistics during the pandemic not a fun experience mm -hmm. definitely many missing shipments all that stuff um and then i have a really amazing friend named kirk who uh worked for cisco for a very long time his there dad still does and um they got uh me distribution out here and started bringing it out for me it's not what you know it's who you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying that Wisconsin brick cheese, I've made Detroit-style pizza, and it's like uh, you can get those, those high cheese edges, but getting Wisconsin, like, the official brick cheese, a lot of, if you say brick cheese, a lot of people don't even know what the fuck that is. Absolutely. So, you know, that is definitely that, and the way that you're cooking in that pan is, is that's the style. Yep. And you're not from Detroit. Nope. San Diego. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I tell people I'm from San Diego, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. You've been doing this for three years mm -hmm. and it's slowing down a bit. And mm -hmm. I was going to ask, you know, do you, do you see this moving out of your kitchen? You've been cooking all in your home. Mm -hmm. This is an exclusive Oprah interview. <laughs> this, he, there's no right blur from, over the face. Kyle, right the Kyle is coming. He's coming out right now. This is the dough daddy. Do you see it ever moving out of a home kitchen? Um, I never would say never. Um, but I think the only, the only kitchens that it probably will move into is other people's kitchens. So, um, I love coming over to, to folks' houses and, you know, making pizza for, for a group of people. Um, or I've done some events and things like that where they just bring in ovens. Um, I don't have any plans to open any kind of brick and mortar or ghost kitchen, anything like that at this point just doesn't really, I think it doesn't make sense for me and it's not how I want to do the business. So yeah. Okay. So you make cocktails too, and you've had, you've made cocktails throughout the pandemic. Do you mm -hmm. have a back? I mean, you, we can look around. There's a lot of liquor here <laughs> enough to maybe get me and Kyle a little tipsy. Uh, maybe enough to kill us yes. multiple times. Yes, probably. <laughs> uh, do you have a background in like mixology or like, I actually had much more experience with cocktails than I did with pizza before this whole thing started. Um, and I personally felt like the cocktails were better than the pizza probably the whole time, maybe even still now, but certainly at the start and nobody would believe me. But, um, I, I was, when I moved downtown, uh, to downtown LA, I just 
started going to a lot of bars like you do and kind of making friends with people at the bars, um, the, the management, I can't became friends, um, with some people down there and I just got really interested in it as a hobby. So I started building a collection at home, started, you know, making cocktails at home. And then I actually worked like moonlit at a bar downtown for, I don't know, like a year or so, um, as well when I was doing my normal, like logistics job. And so I got to learn a lot by doing that. And so it's just kind of always been one of those things. My, my friends have a nickname for me, which is Dr. Alcohol. So, <laughs> and it's That's not, sick. and it's not even cause I drink much. Uh, it's, it's just like someone will like bring up something and I'll be like, you know how, you know how rum got started, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're the, you I'm one in. of those yeah. guys. Okay. Yeah. Do you even make your own simple syrup? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> nice. Yeah. What bar was it? Uh, Kanye, the rum bar. Oh, okay. I don't even know if you've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it. I don't even know what it's like now. I haven't been there in a long time. It was a weird bar. It was the Doheny before, which was like a members only, really expensive, like ridiculous mm-hmm. thing. And then two one, the 213 group brought, bought it and turned it into a room bar, but it still had to be members only. Is it because, on Western? No, it's on, um, it's on the corner of Flower and olympic okay it's like in you walk in through like a parking garage it's very bizarre okay well besides the detroit style pans that you got the lloyds is was there any other special tools did you have to mod your oven like what what would you and then after that what would you say that like an investment for your business model if somebody else wanted to do it like how much do you think it would cost to start it up Got it. Well, if you want to be smart and not be like me, I was obsessed with like, I'm not going to buy anything because I don't know if I want to do this when this all started. Um, so, you know, I was doing the dough by hand. I was, uh, you know, cubing cheese by hand. I was cutting pepperoni by hand. Like, damn. <laughs> so I would, I would not necessarily recommend, maybe when you very first start, if you're not sure. Um, but I think, you know, obviously a, a mixer's a good investment. You, if you do it right, you can get away with KitchenAids. Um, pro tip, uh, if you buy them from Costco and they break pretty quickly, just bring it back. <laughs> that return policy is fire. I did, I did a lot of that before I had to figure out, before I figured out how to do the dough in a KitchenAid and not break them. Um, and then food processor, I think that's another thing that was super useful for shredding cheese and um, and uh, originally slicing pepperoni before I could get good like quality sliced pepperoni. Um, and then oven, I mean, originally when I started out, I bought like a piece of like from Amazon from like someone who makes just like steel plates. I just bought like a piece of steel that was like custom cut to the shape of my oven so that I could cook one on the, like use the bottom rack and then use the top rack with the steel. Now I have some stones. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, as far as pizza goes, I think it's a pretty low investment. Um, I don't know, maybe like trying to think mixer eight hundred bucks, maybe something like that to have like pretty close to what the setup is that I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you could you could start with less. Um, you could even cook it in a it'll just take longer, but you could even cook it in an oven without any steel in it. Honestly, the pans are so great. Did you ever do that? Did you would you get the same? bottom crispiness without that steel it's definitely better okay 
It's definitely better, but I did do it. You could set, you can, if you're only like cooking like a couple at a time, you could start them out by setting them on the floor of the oven mm-hmm. um, and it'll hit the hit them pretty hard, pretty quick and then moving them up. But it's also like the biggest reason is you need the, if you're doing multiple batches over and over again, you need like the residual heat. That's like the big deal with having like stones and steel mm-hmm. um, because otherwise you know, your second or third batch, your oven just starts to lose so much heat that yeah. it's just taking longer and longer. Okay. And then I was going to ask one of the questions for you was, was it hard to get, you know, working out of your home, maybe not having a, 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 a proper FIEN or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> like to sign up for a wholesale account, but you got, you got everything you needed probably through Cisco because I also saw that you have branded boxes. And so those aren't the easiest thing to get either. So uh, was that through yes. Cisco as well? No, that was not. Funny enough, that was um, someone came down and picked up and I ran their pizza out to their car in downtown LA. And um, one of the guys that was in the back of the car was like, hey, like I do branding and all that stuff. So like, here's my card. Like if you want to do custom boxes or whatever it is, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'll probably never get to that point. And then like a few months later, I was like, yeah, that might be kind of fun. So um, I worked with him. They did a lot of like cannabis products and all that stuff. So this was like kind of their first foray out of that. Um, And they were super great to work with. They worked on, you know, worked with me to set up the box, get a custom size, like all that stuff. Um, So, yeah, that's how that happened. Okay, so that's not has nothing to do with Cisco, and that was completely random. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sick. Yeah. I, a lot of the questions I get are about boxes. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, where to get them. So yeah. that's very lucky. That's, like, probably the number one question I've gotten from other pizza makers on Instagram. It's yeah. like, hey, where'd you get your boxes? So, like, I sent him a bunch of referrals. I don't know how many ended up using them or whatever it was, but he, he, was, he was smart. I'll put it that way. He gave me a really good deal, and he was smart because he got a lot of – referrals that way absolutely i mean it's such an important thing to branding on a box anyone not doing it i think you're missing, for sure you're missing out for sure man okay what kind of flour do you use and why um so i use uh a mondaco flour mm-hmm. power um, flour yeah uh no i don't use power flour um it's just like uh it's just a good solid bread flour it's like it's very like fine, which helps a lot, I think, in the texture and everything. I mean, honestly, it's like nothing like super incredible special, but I think Detroit style is like it just works for that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever play around with anything else or was it always Mondaco? Yeah. I mean, I started out because of course when I started doing this, I was just going around to 19 different grocery stores every week to try and find enough stuff to make it work. Yeah. Middle of the just pandemic. Flowers. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, buying like small cans of Bianco de Napoli, like, uh, tomato cans that be like, no, the, the limit's six. Okay. I'll have to go to another whole foods and another, like it was brutal. Yeah. But, um, so when I started out, I was just making like, uh, I was using, um, God, why am I blanking on it? King Arthur. Yeah. King Arthur. Mm-hmm. I was using King Arthur that I was just buying their, you know, bread flour from the Easiest grocery store and these little things. Blue bags. Yeah. Well, wasn't wasn't too easy at yeah, that I time. Yeah, I know. You're right, dude. There was like flour was harder yeah. to get than. And then I started going to Costco. I can't remember what I used from Costco, um, but there that was at least becoming like okay, now I can get enough flour to not have to worry about flour. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What are your three favorite ing- uh, ingredients? Like on a pizza? Doesn't have to be on. A, it could be in a drink. It could be when you're oh, cooking. But your three man. favorite ingredients. 
three favorite ingredients. I mean, I'm honestly probably going to go with a drink, to be honest. Let's do it. It really has more than three ingredients, but I'm just going to name like the three most important ingredients. Uh, good Jamaican rum, uh, lime juice, and orgeat or almond syrup. Okay. Mai Tai. Oh, shit. Yeah. Almond syrup. Yes. Can't say I've even had that. You never had a Mai Tai? There's almond syrup in a Mai Tai? Yeah. I don't think I've ever I had mean, a Mai supposed Tai to with be. almond syrup in you it. You may not have. Yeah. Yeah, and they're supposed to be. That's may, crucial. Yeah, maybe I like the last Mai Tai I had was probably on my 21st birthday. Oh, man. Yeah, Mai Tais are like pretty strong, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And the ones I was drinking, I'm telling you, there was no almond syrup in them. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, it's yeah. like a lot. It might as they would probably just fed me a Long Island iced tea and called it a Mai Tai. Yeah. <laughs> to be there's like pineapple the, juice yeah, in it. Uh huh. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this is fruity and there's an umbrella in it. Yeah. 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 That was like some college bar and. In Seattle. Oh yeah, okay. no. So what? What is a good Jamaican rum? Um, I mean, ideally, I had to just say a Jamaican rum because you said three ingredients. But ideally, you you use a blend. Okay. Um, Appleton makes really good Jamaican rum. Um, the like best Jamaican rum for Mai Tai is this rum that I don't even know if you can find anymore, but it's called uh, Revelation Rum. Okay. And essentially the story behind it is they found a bunch of this rum that was made in the same distillery that the original Mai Tai rum was made of. And Mai Tais got so popular that that distillery just ran out basically mm. and it ended and it couldn't like keep up with the demand because of aging and things like that. So they found this in like, I think like a barn somewhere or something they found a bunch of barrels of this stuff that had just been like sitting around and they bottled it and it's the closest thing to like the original one that you can get but there's only so much of that too yes there is and only you said so it, much it might of that. be gone you, you might not be able to get it i mean i still have some okay. but <laughs> keep that near and dear to your heart yes how would you define success Mm, man, this has changed a lot to me in this on this journey, um, because I think success to me at the beginning of this meant brick and mortar or like multiple brick and mortars, you know, making a lot of money, um, getting a lot of accolades, like all that stuff. And it being feeling like a compet, like a, almost like a competitive environment or whatever, like the idea of like, oh, I want to be the best or, you know, what and like what even is best. Mm -hmm. But I think like that changed a lot for me during all of this because I think this taught me so much about how important quality of life to me was and, and a balance. And so I think success for me became doing something that I love to do in a way that I actually love to do it and believe in it. And the rest is just going to be what it is. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, we live in a society where you've got to make a certain amount of money and it's, it's, it can be tough to do that. But that was one of like my guiding kind of principles with all of this DoDaddy is like, even now it's like I could do certain things that would definitely give me more business and make me more money, but I don't want to do them. And so I just don't like, I just can't, I, I just don't, I want to try and avoid going down that road as much as I can. What has been your greatest inspiration through this journey? My greatest inspiration through this journey is pizza journey. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think 
I think, I think it's the community aspect of all of this um, that has like really kept me going at, at times. And I think it's really, and by the community, I mean both the people on my side of it and then the people who come eat this pizza because like, I think I just had so many people reach out and tell me stories, especially during the pandemic of like the joy that the pizza brought them and like how much their kids loved it or how far they drove to come get it or whatever it was. And I think like that idea of like, I'm making something that's bringing people joy, especially at a time when people really needed it was like inspiring for me to like keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Is there a failure in in your career that you could share that was like a great learning experience and an opportunity for growth? Oh my gosh, I made so many failures, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that that really kind of like sticks out to me. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting definition of of a failure, um, but I think that it is a really important one, um, a really important lesson for me. The first year of this was incredibly insane um the demands uh of just the hours and you know how much there was to figure out and also the fact that we were living in a really tough time you know the depths of the pandemic um you know the protests which i of course are very supportive of um but the things that were happening that caused them and you know the awful responses that our government had to them and having national guard you know posted outside of my apartment and then you know i had a relationship end during that period of time um i had i had lost my job that i had had for years and years and felt very discarded but there was like no time to grieve any of it for me it was just all like go 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 like do the pizza thing do the pizza thing and like I would take these breaks and I would go like away for a weekend or whatever it was. But like my mind was still in pizza world. And so I think it was about a year or a little more than a year afterwards that I just like hit the wall big time. And it was like my, I had really awful anxiety. I was depressed. I just I did I I wanted to give up on all of it, you know. Um, and I was really lucky to have a couple friends, Chris and Cindy, that worked here with me at that time. And they kind of kept things going while I took time off. And every time I was like, oh, I just need a week. And then I like get to five days. And I'm like, a week's not enough. I need two weeks. And then it was like, and it was really, really hard. And it took me months and months to get myself out of that spot that I was in and a lot of therapy and a lot of support from people. And I think I just had to take a whole year, a really, really bad year. And just all of a sudden it felt like all of it was dumped at me at one time. And I think that was such a valuable lesson for me in terms of like, I pride myself on someone who like does work-life balance. And even I got cut up on it and that to that extent that um, I just really hope I can never repeat that again. I mean, I think the restaurant industry in itself is a Petri dish for, for like, oh my for, God. for falling into that. You know, you talk about work-life balance, and uh, I think there's just that that rat wheel that's always spinning. You know, be open seven days a week, be there for the people, gotta yeah, gotta fulfill your orders, and and I don't I don't know how people do it. I don't know how you do it. Like honestly, it's it's 
it's one of the reasons why I was so thankful that I didn't just jump into it because I've never, I've, I've had friends work in the industry. They've wanted to bring me in, you know, management roles or whatever. And I was just like, I just, I don't know. The lifestyle seems really, really hard to me. And here I was doing it out of my house, only working, you know, four days a week, limiting my hours, all this stuff. And I still was got that caught up in it. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have become much more aware of the struggles of the restaurant industry since the pandemic happened. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm, I'm inspired by pop-ups that have turned into brick and mortars, people that are still doing pre-orders only that have brick and mortars a situation like yours. I'm, they're all like, Hey, you don't have to go out and work seven days a week, be open from 11 to 10 every day. People will understand. And mm-hmm. for, you know, like what happened with you, would you say that you got so caught up in, in that busyness that you didn't have time to, to decompress or understand what was going on around you and then just hits you like a ton of bricks? Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it, that'll happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Are you still in therapy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You recommend therapy? Big time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, um, I'm doing slightly less of it now than I was then, but then I was like, you know, I was doing a couple sessions a week. Plus I had group therapy. I think group therapy is also another thing that like people are way less familiar with, but I think it's super, super helpful because I don't know, having a group of people who are all coming to together to be like vulnerable and let you have you know, share their experiences through all this stuff. And it was amazing how many things overlapped. And there was another person that had been starting a business and he started a little later than I did. And so there was just, it's, I think it's a really underrated version of therapy. So yeah. Okay. Go Good to therapy. Yeah. Everyone therapy, go to therapy. I wish it was, I wish the government paid for it. I think it's, <laughs> I know I think it's so easier many, said, I'm a big advocate of therapy. I know. And it's so hard to find a therapist. I mean, I don't say that like go to therapy because it's easy, but, um, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I say this all the time. I'm like, you know, we have like after school programs for kids that are like soccer and like all these other things. Those are great. Also therapy would be super awesome Mm -hmm. from a young age. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a, a fair amount of mental illness in my family. And so I was talking to therapists as a child and I think it removed a lot of the stigma for me. Number one. And two, I think, you know, I don't even know what I would have been. I was, I was, I don't even know what I would have been like as a child if it wasn't for those things. So yeah, I think the world would be a whole different place if people, when they're growing up, were able to access that kind of help. I a hundred percent agree. I think yeah. people would listen better. I think people would take care of each other better. I think yeah. it would be a, a different place. Yeah. It would be night and day from yeah. what it is. Maybe one day. Yeah. We I think dream. we we might have just figured out all you know the what? world's problems. We solved the world. We solved the world. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is over. There's world peace. All right, let's get back to some serious questions. <laughs> what is the greatest band of all time and why? Am I allowed to just choose an artist? Instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be a band, any artist. Tupac. Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I was... I was coming of of coming of age during the the '90s hip hop era, and that was just like um, big Biggie fan too. I'm not like you know I'm no war here, just peace. San, but, San Diego, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just fell in love with that, and and my friend and I, you know, we're just in love with like the DJ culture and all that stuff, and so we just it was all hip hop all the time growing up. What makes you so good at what you do? Oh, man. (laughs) 
What a what a uh, horrible question. No, I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, great answer. Oh, my God. Um, I'll say what people told me, um, which I think was also super inspiring to me, was people told me that they could feel like the love that I was putting in to what I was making and to everything around DoDaddy that I was doing. And they said that that came through in the food. And I, I think that's like my only explanation because... Again, I hadn't even made this pizza before I started, and um, I've definitely gotten a lot better at it. But I don't know. That's the only thing that I can think of um, is that I was just putting myself into it, as people told me, and I think that made the difference. I got one more question. Okay. People were coming down to downtown L.A., which is not the nicest place during the pandemic, so your pizza must have been good. But I want to know. What was the weirdest thing that happened in those years? Oh, the weirdest thing that happened. The weirdest, in those wildest. Years. And, and you already mentioned some crazy stuff that had happened during those times, but something that specifically happened to you. Somebody tried to steal your wagon. <laughs> like, um, I think the craziest thing um, that wasn't even like necessarily a downtown related thing was Jaleel White coming to pick up pizza. You just didn't know? I, it, no, it was just like that he came himself, and this was like four or five weeks in or whatever, and I'm just like walking out, and like he's just like sitting there. Like this is like childhood, like, like idol stuff, right? Like that was my TGIF, man. Like that's what I grew up on. And it wasn't just that like I saw him, because like I don't get starstruck. It was that he was there to get something from me and was crazy excited about it. And I was just like, what is even happening right now? Like, this is so bizarre. And like the piece of that story that really makes it crazy is I was like on a therapy session the night before having a really, really hard time and thinking I wanted to quit and like all this stuff and putting so much pressure on myself because like once the Eater article dropped, I was like, oh, God. I'm going to get found out. Like I I don't belong here, you know? (laughs) My therapist was like, just, just try a very therapist thing to say, but she was just like, just try and have fun with it. Like treat it like play, like be a kid, like get in touch with your inner kid and just enjoy this as like a fun thing. And then like the next day, Jaleel White picked up pizza. doesn't get much better than that. doesn't TGIF. Yep. Gotta remind me who 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 this is. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Steve Urkel. Oh, that's his name. Yes. See if you. I know. Steve I should have led with Urkel. Stefan. Stefan. Stefan Urkel. Yes. God, what a great show. Family Matters was. I know. Uh, did you talk to him? Oh yeah. You guys took a picture with him and everything. Oh he was, wow, you he was super a little bit. cool. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, I got to right, like I got to. Mm-hmm. But he was super cool, and he's been, like, super supportive. He's gotten pizza a bunch of times. That's awesome. And, yeah, he's just a, he's a very, very nice guy. Wow. I love TGIF and all those shows. I know, man. So shout out, Urkel. You made dreams come true. Yep. And I also think that your therapist gave some of the best advice I've ever heard, which is, like, you should just treat a lot of things like you did when you were a kid. It really does change perspective, and it really can make something so much more enjoyable. No doubt. Yeah. 
All right. Well, where do we go to find you to get one of your pies while they're still around and not in somebody else's kitchen? Yeah, just just you start showing up to people's start, houses. Hey, uh, <laughs> I, I, I saw the address through the window. <laughs> um, Instagram, LA. You can also just Google search DoDaddy and we'll pop up there to order directly to our page. How long you think? How long you think you, you'll still be doing it? I honestly have no idea. I think it'll become less frequent for sure. Um, I don't think I don't have any plans to let it completely die. But um, you know, right now we're at like two to three days a week, but taking a fair amount of weeks off. But mm-hmm. so I would I would definitely say you know, get it sooner rather than later. If you want to have like, if you don't want it to be a thing where it's like, Oh, when's their next pop-up? Oh, it's three weeks from now. Okay. All right. Hop on it. Doe daddy. Kyle, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Yes. I love your home and all the liquor. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome for contributing. Oh, anytime. (laughs) I love alcohol. Doctor (laughs) from one doctor alcohol to another. Yes. I'm just good at drinking it. Not making it. Got to make you a Mai Tai. Yeah, 100% with the almond syrup. Right? Yeah, and the, right? and the special and, rum. Yes, aged by pirates in the, in the 1800s. All right, later, y'all. See ya. I want to know I want to know